The city of Richmond becoming a prime target for gun violence. Richmond. The city of Richmond was known as one of the most dangerous cities in the Bay Area, if not the country. This is the For Our Future Podcast. Let's keep Richmond moving forward. What up, everybody? Welcome once again to the FOF Podcast. If you're rejoining us, thank you for your continued support. If you're new to the channel, please, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now, tonight, we're running it back. Episode number 25, we have our boy Dustin back all the way from New York. There's no teaser here. There's no nothing. We're going to put everything on the table right off the bat. All right. But as we always do, we're going to introduce our panel, our regular panel. We have, as always... That handsome devil over there, way over there this time, across Richmond, California, Mr. Insomo Ramirez. How you doing, Insomo? I'm doing great. I'm super glad that Dustin offered to do the show again after the audio issues. And man, I'm really excited to have this conversation and come live and direct from Casa de Selmo. Yeah, yeah. And now, now I see why you and Dustin get along so well, given your background and given that man's hat. <laughs> there you go. There you but go. Then we always have our lovely D Money. D, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. You know, welcome everybody to our second Zoom. It's our second Zoom podcast. So um Dustin here is nice enough to come back on and you know, mediate any of the audio issues we're having. So, you know. We have everyone in the podcast this time, and we're just excited to have Dustin. Really excited to have him back. Once again, Dustin, thank you for, your, uh, for the time that you've given again. Um, and Dustin, did you, would you like to reintroduce yourself, as Jay-Z said? <laughs> no, thank, thank, thank you for having me. Um, it, it was a great conversation last time. You know, I'm really doing it again because it was it was that good. And I think there's so much that we can cover again and even more. Um, I'm a Bay Area native, grew up in Alameda, California, um, moved out to the East Coast to work for a company called An One in 2000, I believe. And since then, I've worked um, in-house at um, Nike, uh, and one Zoo York, um, a couple other places started a company called Undercrown um, in 2005. Um, and then ended up uh, kind of figuring out that for me to truly be happy in a creative space that I needed to accomplish uh, three things. So one was, you know, doing art for art's sake and um, kind of just getting my creativity out that way. And then also uh, I have a studio where I do consulting for the Nikes, the Converse, Puma, LA Gear, 
um, everyone kind of specialist in, in basketball and design. And then I also started a new company a couple of years ago called trophy hunting, which is kind of the, um, kind of all of my experiences, um, put into the inspiration of a, a whole new brand and way of running a clothing line and doing designs and, you know, everything, everything kind of stems from my experiences. So happy to be here. Happy to talk about my, my journey and, you know, inspire as many people as I can, because I, I truly wake up every day and feel blessed that I'm able to kind of make my own schedule, work with amazing people, some of the best athletes and brands in the world, um, some of the best friends and people um, that I, that I spend time with all the time now. So let's go. Very well said. Very well said. Somebody want to kick? You want to kick uh, Dustin off yeah. with, with a good question over here? Yeah, that was a great introduction, man. Like Dustin has done so much work, and it, honestly, I'm personally inspired by his artwork, and so that's why I'm so happy, giddy. Some might even say to be able to have the conversation and, and talk with him and really pick his brain a little bit, and so. First, we see the background that he has, you know, let's talk a little bit about that and the maybe inspiration behind that. Yeah. So my background is um, an illustration that I did maybe a year or so ago, and it was pretty much drawn from memory. It's my actual childhood bedroom, and it, it pretty much is the sole inspiration of what I do today. Um, it was all the things that I liked, like my parents were, um, like luck or nice enough to kind of build out this, this space. And, and at the time when I was growing up, like NASA was really big, star Wars was out. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut till I found out that I had like motion sickness issues and I couldn't go on spacecraft like that after I saw <laughs> space camp, the, the movie, um, so I kind of like turned that into like, I want to be a professional baseball player or basketball player. And I just like totally embraced, um, basketball culture and, you know, from the shoes to the Nike commercials and finding out that Wyden and Kennedy was behind the, the, a lot of the creative and researching that and, you know, pre Google, so, you know, I was just consuming as much as I could from a, even from a music standpoint. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was it. It was like, I had sneakers, sneakers on the ground. I was a, a sneaker collector then really into like early hip hop and following even like a lot of local Bay area, the two short loonies, E40, yeah. like all of those guys kind of helped build my DNA of, you know, my true hustle. And it's just like, I, I, I couldn't have it any other way. Like I'm not, I'm not a nine to five guy. So I think a lot of that kind of came from seeing other people do it and kind of write their own script and not have to mm -hmm. like follow, follow the, the path. Mm -hmm. So like how much of it do you think you really like paved your own way or how much did you follow maybe someone else's footsteps, get inspiration from someone? I mean, <laughs> like the average person like myself would think like, how does someone even get into design really, you know? Well, uh, some of it is luck. I think like just as far as like 
being in the right place, but being able to kind of act on the luck when it happens. Um, there were very pivotal people that may or may not know this, but like I had a, I had an uncle who was the youngest uncle, uh, the youngest uncle that I had. And he was going to art school, the art school that I ended up going to. And he was an amazing illustrator, like way better than I could ever dream of. It's like, he's like one of those God given, um, talents that like you, you see, and it's like, okay, I can't do that. So he was that. So I used to go in there, we used to steal his markers and, you know, play with them and, um, you know, just kind of see his, his world of art. And it's just like, was, was totally new to me. And then in that same house, uh, my cousin, a, a few years later was like really good at sports and was kind of like a local basketball legend. And he, you know, he grew up with J.R. Ryder. So him and they were wow. peers basically. So I still kind of follow them around as a little kid and they would always have the sneakers. My cousin would have all these sneakers lined up. So like that was an inspiration. And then I had another aunt who, you know, moved to New York, lived, you know, a few blocks from where I'm at right now and just kind of like worked retail and was kind of into like the New York art scene and collected furniture. And, you know, those things kind of basically built a lot of the things that like I was curious about and stay curious to this day about. So, you know, it really came internally from family. And then obviously the Nike commercials were huge to me. And, you know, when I stopped playing baseball, I kind of figured out like, okay, I need to take something serious. And it was art. It's like, I, like, I was like, Oh, I don't have to take the SAT. Cool. I could go to art <laughs> school. So, you know, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to California college of arts which was College of Arts and Crafts back then, CCAC. And that was the foundation of everything that I do. It kind of took the inspiration and kind of gave it um, some structure. And, you know, the, the reason why I feel like I'm able to, to take on big clients and, and really work on these projects at like a high level, the same as a White and Kennedy or Pentagram or any of these big agencies is because of my education in, you know, creating um, just design solves and, you know, really building conceptual thinking and strategy and, and adding that to just, you know, being around and knowing about um, the basketball culture and living it. So it's like, mm -hmm. I, I have the best of both worlds. I have the structure of, you know, education and be able to kind of talk the talk, but then I also like live and breathe it. So, you know, you won't, you won't find many you won't find anybody in this industry that that could kind of do what i do from a basketball standpoint so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i agree i, I like agree it. with that it's very pigeonholed it's very pigeonholed but it's like it's kind of one of those things where you know even in college they're like oh you can't do everything michael jordan and tupac and i'm like okay and that's all i do every day so it's it's, it's <laughs> kind of like you know everyone has a story about a teacher who tells you, you can't do something like that was mine yeah it reminds me of Juicy, like uh, <laughs> Biggie Smalls, his yeah. teacher, you know. Anyways, um, man, so definitely it, to me, the artwork is like authentic. The culture represents the culture well, in my opinion. Um, I don't want to hog up the entire show. Jay and Diane, I, I want to give you some opportunities to, to throw some questions in there. Go ahead, Dean. <laughs> I was just going to ask, what, what did you, for people that are interested in, you know, pursuing something similar um, and going into your field, 
what what did you major in that helped you? Was it because I know that there's so many like different majors mm -hmm. um, at California Academy of the Arts, right? There's like there's like textile and design, and then there you can go into graphic design. So what was kind of your your path in terms of the school route? Yeah, I like going in, I had no idea what was what. I was like, I want to design sneakers for Nike. That was like my dream. That was it. And the first day I showed up to the class that they had people that were designing sneakers and, and cars. And that was like the field was industrial design. And I was totally overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, I, I can't do this. Like stuff was too good. I like, I didn't think that, you know, they had been there for four years and had like formal training. I just thought that like these people were just like that gifted to be able to do all this stuff. And some were. Mm -hmm. So I chose graphic design because my uncle had, had done it. I didn't know much about it. Um, but lucky enough at the time, like Photoshop and all the programs that people use nowadays weren't, were just kind of getting going. And, you know, there was a real focus on not to using those programs as tools versus um, the actual thing that you design with. So I, uh, I had a real good education in like conceptual thinking and strategy. And that translates to all disciplines of design. So whether I'm designing footwear or um, a t-shirt or um, a poster, like it's all the same thought process. And it's like, you know, cre creating, creating just a way how you, or figuring out the way to think through design. And for any kid that's like looking to get into design um, with the internet, it's, it's, it's great because you can just like Google, you know, the end result and kind of, you know, reverse engineer it and see what, you know, people had taken. So like for me, you know, uh, graphic design was it, but I also in my first job got to work for a company that was, um, had an office in Taiwan at a factory. So me going to the factory every two months, learning on the fly how to design stuff that wasn't just like the shoebox or a logo. It was, you know, real apparel and footwear. And, you know, it was, it was very hands-on training. So, you know, you can get, you can get the education from, from all, all angles. I just suggest that, you know, whatever you do kind of maximize one thing first and like get a really good handle of it. And then that should help, uh, bring on new types of design or projects that you can kind of get into. But mm -hmm. education was key for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you bring that up. Cause I think one of the questions that I asked previously in our first interview was, um, that, uh, you know, fashion design kind of falls or usually people put that in the same category as journalism, where people say that schooling isn't necess necessary. Um, so I'm glad you explained it that way and, and sort of answered that question that I was going to ask. But so on YouTube, right, so I do a lot of YouTube, I watch a lot of highlight clips. And the one thing that they always ask me is who's going to take who's going to take the ship this year? Who do you think is going to take the championship this year? I think the I think like the top five picks are like the Lakers, Nets, Suns. <laughs> Who do you well, got? Who do you got, Dustin? Who should I, I bet I'm, on? I'm a I'm a I'm I'm like the biggest Warriors fan of all time, and so nothing. No one in LA will ever get my blessing on yeah. on a championship. 
but no, nobody's beating the Brooklyn Nets, the NBA's all-star team. Yeah, pretty much. So that's, yeah. that, that's, that's my pick. Man, so here, folks, put your money on the Nets. Dustin said that. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Yeah. I want to cut, though. Yeah. I want to cut. <laughs> speaking small. of the Nets, speaking of the Nets, you did design one of their jerseys, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is, man, one of the best jerseys that they ever had. Yeah. But so you, you said earlier that working for Nike was one of your dreams. It was like the dream when you were in school and everything. And then you got the chance to actually work for Nike, work with Nike. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and how that felt, because, man, that's that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, it was my dream. You know, like I, I had just, you know, completed 10 years of running a pretty successful streetwear company and we were getting into our next phase and when when nike called so it was a big decision for me um unfortunately they didn't allow me to keep doing the brand when i got there because of a non-compete that they threw in at the last second um Mm -hmm. so that was you know the writing was on the wall for me after that and i i realized that coming in at this stage of my career, like already had been at, you know, a very successful small uh, footwear brand that kind of took off and won and kind of being around the block, doing my own thing and working for Adidas and all these other companies. Nike to me was, was really like the final uh, discovery phase for me as far as like my career it's like I, I it was the one thing that I just didn't know what the experience would be like so you know it was amazing like the the talent that was there was was great um you don't you don't realize like how many people it takes to do one simple thing and I think that's one of the skills that like my education like helped me is like selling your ideas and and honestly like my ability to communicate on why the idea made sense and why it worked was because of how I was educated. You know, the, the Warriors um, jersey specifically, it's like, that was the one thing where I was like, I stepped one foot on campus and I'm like, I'm working on this jersey no matter what. And, you know, I was, I was, I, I kind of just forced myself in there and, um, you know, really had to kind of prove to them why doing a town uniform made sense. You know, they had already heard that, uh, people wanted it and they were aware of it, but it was like, okay, well, how do you do it? You just don't want to slap it on there and just make it feel like, you know, someone who's not from the Bay made it and make it yeah. cheesy, you know, especially something like as cool as like the town. Cause it wasn't, it's not a very like commercial name for Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with, all of the growing up I did, you know, playing sports in Oakland, you know, the, the Oak tree was everywhere. It's on the street signs. It's on the garbage cans it's at all the parks. And, you know, that was a one symbol that I felt like represented Oakland. And so we, tr- we tried to, you know, push that as kind of the core, um, I, I identifier and then kind of just like got out of its way, you know, it's very simple, mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but the meaning behind it, like really kind of hit a chord and that's where Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes in design, you kind of just have to like get out of the way and let, let the, the idea breathe versus like, you know, 
putting sparkles on it and, um, <laughs> you know, just adding elements that don't make sense. So yeah, that, that was great. And then like looking back, like I fought hard, like, you know, I got in tons of arguments, got in trouble all the time because it was just like, I was, I was, it was worth fighting for. And it was like, no one knew better than me. Like even the people at the, the Warriors, like nobody was from Oakland. So yeah. there, there wasn't a lot of people that could kind of like justify not doing um, what we were trying to push. And then all the other jerseys were, you know, really just kind of low hanging fruit for me. It's like, I lived in New York. I lived in Philly, um, had, you know, Jared Ryder played for the Timberwolves. So I was real familiar with that franchise. Um, and kind of helped guide a lot of the, um, city edition uniforms that were happening for every team. So, you know, those were all kind of built on that, like authentic thread of the city and getting behind real stories, uh, from the community. So that mm -hmm. was fun. And well, I would say that, man, I'm, I'm really glad personally that you fought hard to get those jerseys done. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who were just thinking this is long overdue. And I must say that you did it right. The town jersey, in my opinion, is one of the best jerseys ever made. And I'm not just saying that because you're you're on the meeting with us. I truly do believe that, you know, it's up there with the best. Um, those of you who just may have been tuning in, yeah, like this guy really created that jersey, that he really made the design on it. Come on, like that, that, like for you, for me, for anybody, like that would have to be like one of the greatest accomplishments, man. Cause that it's crazy just to see that Jersey on like Steph Curry on all the players on the court. How was that seeing Curry, you know, shooting a basket with your design on it? Like, wow. No, it's, it's honestly, it's surreal. And, you know, I was saying to you guys earlier, it's like, it, it never gets old seeing something that you thought of in your head on another human being and something of that scale, because it's like, I went to the first game. So it was like on the court, it was in the merch stands. It was like, you know, projected onto walls. Like it was, it was cool. And it was something that I couldn't explain, especially in the moment. I had no idea really what was happening. And honestly, it's like, I fought so hard for it that not that I gave up on it, but I kind of just like, it's like, you know, after a boxing match, you're just like, okay, I got to, I got to detach myself from what all the training and everything you did and kind of like turn the page um, because it's, you're so emotionally attached. And, you know, it was a year later that it all kind of came out and it was, you know, the inaugural season of the Nike Jersey. So there was so much hoopla going around for not just the Warriors, but every team, you know, we were in a title run and um, I believe that was a 73, um, when season that we ended up losing and I was like, Oh man, it'd have been so dope if they won it in the yeah. jerseys. Um, yeah. Random fact. I actually made the, I made the championship t-shirts for the calves. So it's like, wow. you know, you got to make both. So if like, depending on who wins and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not making this shit for them. Like <laughs> <laughs> that had to hurt a little bit. Yeah, it was bittersweet, but it was like one of those things where it's like we lost and I was like, oh, my God, they're wearing my T-shirt, too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that was self-serving. But, you know, j just, you know, this is sort of a taste of like the influence that's, that apparel can take, you know, seeing Somo so excited, you know, because in Somo, 
he played a lot of basketball in high school. He was a he was a playground bully back mm. in the high school <laughs> John F. Kennedy days. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's one of those things that him being a sort of a super fan and just seeing that logo, you know, it's, it means like I'm I'm a basketball fan, but not, not not nearly as big as in summer. But once I see that town for some reason, even though you know I'm from Richmond, but yeah. I know it represents more than that. You know, like right. it's just it represents more than that. And I think you said it perfectly where you didn't touch the design and that kind of speaks. It's like it speaks by for itself. So kudos on that, man. Um, so I don't know what to say. I'm I'm at a loss for words, to be honest, because that's one of those things that can someone said that just it just doesn't happen to people, you know, like and now we're talking to the person that actually made it. Yeah. No, but I think that's the that's the amazing thing about, you know, some of the people behind the design that you never hear about. Right. It's like that this story wasn't told when the jersey came out for good or for bad, um, but it, it did come from an authentic place, you know, like um, the jersey you're wearing, the the Barcelona kit. It's like a friend of mine designs those and he's a big, a diehard um, sock, football soccer fan as I am a basketball fan. And it's like the amount of pride that he takes into like creating those stripes and doing a million different versions till you get the right one and picking the color palette and having these stories like those, these are the stories where I feel like should be promoted way more because, you know, I'm around a million talented people all the time. And they're not the people that you see on Instagram with, uh, you know, 500,000 followers or that are doing collaborations with these brands. You know, these are the people that like have formal training have like, done the dirty work have, you know, interned for free. Like there, there's so many people at Nike, um, at agencies, wherever that are doing this design work. And I think that, you know, a lot of the kids today kind of see, you know, Virgil Abloh or a lot of these uh, big name designers, Kanye, like, uh, you know, who else are they calling designer Rihanna? Like there's all these celebrities that are mm -hmm. sponsors versus like design. Virgil's a little different because he is, he is a designer, but there's a lot more people that aren't actual designers that are accredited as designers, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, my, my goal in, you know, the next stage of my career is really kind of giving these people platforms to showcase their work, you know, for my brand trophy hunting, we put everyone's name who produces the work. So if you're the photographer, like we'll tag the photographer. You, if you created the graphic, then we'll, you know, make sure that we tag you, tag you and give you the credit because you, you made this. And there's, you know, of course there's a million people that are part of these uh, executions, but sometimes it's just like, you know, you, you wake up and you dream an idea and that comes to fruition and there's nothing cooler than seeing it on somebody. And you want people to know that you did it or like, that's your skill or like you have that vision because it is a different craft and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a thankless job sometimes, you know, they kind of just like give you shut up money and don't get me wrong. I've taken a lot of good shut up money, but um, <laughs> not, not anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not part of that game anymore it's like you know you people could pretend that they're behind the design or not um but i know that any project that i'm part of now i'm like the people will get the credit and you know it helps them you know graduate from that project to the next project without having to like 
you know, show your portfolio that people don't even look at anymore. So. Yeah. So you guys are kind of like the offensive linemen of the fashion <laughs> industry. They're in the trenches. They do most of the work and the quarterback gets all the glory. Pretty much, you know, and it's, it's, it's the one thing that I love about sports is that especially professional sports is how serious everyone takes it. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're the 12th man on the bulls, it's like, you go every day, you're part of the team. And, you know, in little league, you're just like, oh, I don't care. I'm not going to the final pizza party, but you know, when you're <laughs> a pro in any, in any field, it's like, you, if you take it seriously, you, you get the rewards. And I think, you know, some are personal where, you know, you feel like you're part of a team and then you graduate to being the star, but Mm-hmm. I don't know, a little different with sports in fashion. It's just like, there's not, there's not a lot of jobs out there where you're the face, you know, unless you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's kind of my route where it's like, you know, not that I'm trying to be famous or anything. It's really just like, I get more work if people know the previous work that I've done. And mm-hmm. part of it is promoting that. And that's kind of like, you know, I'm not Gary V, but it's, it's, <laughs> Shout it's out Gary v. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit more difficult now than before because you used to be able to let your work speak for itself. And now that's not a hundred percent true because people are taking my, the people that are taking my jobs don't even do what I do. Like they're just popular. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of piggyback off a little bit of what you said, how so much work, so many people, work on a project before it comes to the, you know, to the, the sales, to being available. Um, there's just so many people, just like with moving forward in our projects, there's a team of people who help us get this done. It's not just the people you see, you know, on the podcast, but like, there's just so many steps it takes before somebody is laying out their, their wardrobe for the first day of school and picking out their right, you know, hat or their, perfect t-shirt their their trophy hunting uh hoodie laying it out on the bed getting ready for that first day there's so many steps that come in before then and so let's talk a little bit about the team and how important that is because right now I feel like every day there's so many people coming out with a brand a t-shirt brand or some clothing brand and sometimes they may be wondering like why is it not just popping off like they hope it would? Or why is it not just massively successful immediately? Um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make something successful. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to that rule, but what really in your experience helps get to that point? How much of that team uh, experience really is important? It's everything, you know, it's like, and part of it, part of my education in all of this is learning the hard way. You know, it's like, you want to learn something real quick, try to do it by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you, you figure out um, the, the, the holes, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to like drop stuff off at the post office to be shipped, you know, like I will. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you start to realize like, okay, well, that stuff's taking away time from my value. And so like, I'm not doing a service to my own company by shipping boxes, you know, because I should be on the creative side. And, 
people that are really good with, you know, um, running a business and operations and making sure that people are staying on a calendar and, you know, it's like producers, it's the same thing. It's like, you need, you need all of these people so that people can excel to the, to the maximum ability. And, and what I'll say to everyone that, you know, like you said, has a, has a brand or sells, you know, quote unquote merch, um, is that when you, when you decide to sell something online in an open marketplace nowadays, you're basically competing with everyone. So that includes Nike, that includes Apple, that includes Louis Vuitton, that includes free stuff that you get for, you know, getting season tickets to the A's, like to put, you know, it's real estate. So it's like to put your product on someone's back for them to spend their hard earned money, you better have a really good reason why they should. And Mm -hmm. I think my experience has told me that, you know, don't take anyone's money for granted or anyone's support for granted because you know i'm i'm a consumer too and i think that's how i learned was by being a consumer and what drives me to purchase things what drives me to save things what drives me to like keep shopping with brands and you know i'm like i said i'm using all of this information for my new company as like consumer experience um and that's a totally different skill than you know what Puma wants me to do, which is, you know, like tell a story about, you know, the first black barnstorming basketball team in the early 1900s, um, where it's just like all design, you know, because they have their own team. So I've learned the hard way. Um, I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you do, you know, with, with age comes experience and, um, a, a lot of times things could be avoided, but And for me, it's kind of like the only way I learn really well is, is by trial and error. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of steps that you can kind of skip um, if, if you really have like a team and, you know, finding the team is the hardest part. It's like, you know, these, these companies that go from 10 million to a hundred million and getting all this VC dollars, like they're really in the, uh, the company building team building business you know even at nike it's like all the directors it's like they're people uh managers you know like you have to understand like how to keep people motivated and be true leaders and i think that's a skill where i fight a lot because it's like i like getting my hands dirty and doing a lot so you know i created my own world for that um but it took it took seeing it from all angles um to really kind of understand that and appreciate it so what would you say is the brand identity for Trophy Hunter, your own brand? Like, what do you want people to know when they're purchasing your products? Well, tr- Trophy Hunting as um, just the act of it is all mm-hmm. about the hunt. So it's like the, the brand really is all about the, in the process being the trophy. So mm-hmm. working on these jobs, like doing these things, like being in the moment, is what we're about. You know, it's not, it's not the victory parade. It's not, you know, the, the NCAA championship. It's really like the grind. And it's just like, we're representing the grind and people who are kind of movers and shakers, you know, in our industry, in the sports industry. So, you know, we make a lot of our, our clothing is kind of very like classic and preppy um, kind of, you know, school education, uh, travel, 
like all of the things that you kind of do as a young professional, like trying to kind of chase, chase your dreams. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people get caught up in the goal. Like me, my goal was like working at Nike, but I didn't realize like while I was trying to get there was the fun part. You know, it's like, once I got there, it's like, not that it was a letdown, but it was kind of like, Oh wow. Okay. Well, what's next. And, you know, these are conversations that my partner and my friends, like we have all the time because, you know, we've, we've done a lot of really cool things in our professional careers, even like athletes. And then it's just like, okay, well you made it to the NBA. Now what, you know, okay. You won your first championship, your first championship. Now what? So, you know, Nipsey hustle calls it the, uh, the marathon. Uh, yeah, the marathon continues. And that's kind of like, you know, very similar. It's like, you know, we're, we're here to, to build and, and kind of bring people along. Um, but yeah, the clo- the clothing's cool. It's, it's, it's definitely a different take on uh, sportswear. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's unfiltered and we're doing, you know, doing a lot more like we wish we could do more, but that's another one of those things as a small brand, you kind of got to slow walk it and figure it out on the way. So it's, I'm, I'm having fun doing it. I'm not going to lie, man. Hearing that, it gives me goosebumps about how you were dreaming to get to Nike. And then once you got there, you realized that the process of getting there has been the dream the entire time. Like that right there to me is just so powerful. And part of it is kind of like, stopping and, and smelling the roses sometimes, you know, in the process, because uh, it, it can get lonely at the top, I'm sure. Um, especially working with all these big brands and stuff. But that brings up a question that I wanted to ask. And that is, what is your biggest, maybe regret or mistake that you may have made in your journey of design or something that you wish like maybe maybe I shouldn't have put out this design or maybe I would have done this a little different. Hmm. I think the hardest part for what I do is, is saying something's done because, you know, a lot, a lot of the design work is the R and D, the, the research, the, uh, discovery, like you, you, you learn so much about whatever the subject matter is. So you have like a million ideas. Um, so you really kind of filter through that. So it's like something that may like look simple and look like it took five seconds to do. You really basically got rid of all the other bad options, um, to get to that. So that's part of, part of the process. So, uh, I think a lot of the things that I regret are over designing where it's mm. just like, I didn't know when to stop. And, um, I've, you know, I've, I've studied, I've studied the greats and a lot of people have rules and, you know, a lot of them are kind of built on, you know, per- being classic and, you know, not being trendy. And I think that's the difference when I kind of, go between like fashion where it's like, Oh, trend is really a part of this, but like, how do you, how, how do you remain like classic so that you could wear this in, you know, 20 years. And it's like, cause my, my style really hasn't evolved. Like, you know, if you, if I scoot this way, it's like, you can see 
you know, basketball sneakers and t-shirts, hoodies, you know, very simple, Mm -hmm. classic, like I'm very preppy. So, um, yeah. And I think that's why, you know, with trophy hunting, it's really trying to make it utilitarian. And it's just like, you know, we're not trying to make fast fashion where you just throw it away and you get a new one. It's really like, okay, well, how do you build stuff that actually has meaning and, um, you'll, you'll want to hang on for the next 10, 20 years or, you know, pass it on to someone else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Trophy hunting definitely has that vibe from what I'm seeing from it. Really classic look, a little preppy and sporty kind of inter- intertwined for sure. Um, so now we talked a little bit about maybe what would be your biggest mistake, but what would be your biggest accomplishment? We talked a little bit about the, the Nike collaboration and then the, the Warriors design, but is there anything else that you're just like super, super proud of? Um, that, that's, that's easily my number one. I think um, having a brand that I started from nothing uh, under crown was, was amazing. Um, it was a ride that I'll never forget. Uh, but like nothing really tops the town Jersey, the amount of, cause it was real, you know, it, it was really about getting to that seat and being able to have a voice that allowed me to do it. You know, like not that anyone could have designed that because I felt like I'm the one that needed to be in that seat to be able to have those conversations and fight those fights. But it was really, it was really my upbringing in my career and the path that I took that allowed me to fight those fights and be prepared. You know, know, like thinking about that, I'm just imagining it and I'm imagining you in there with like your hoodie and your hat on in a, in a boardroom with like a bunch of people in suits. I don't know if that's how it was, but you're trying to convince these guys in suits, like this is what needs to happen. And like some of them may be out of touch with what's really going on. Well, it it is. And it's like, I think you, and I I love, you know, I've lived, I've lived in on the East coast for the better part of the last 20 years. And the Bay is with me all the time. And it's just like, I love, I love your guys's podcast and like the things that you're doing because it's representing a community that I feel have my, have my same values. And it's just like, we are undervalued and underappreciated, you know, especially when you're from the East Bay, it's like, Hell yeah. I never went to San Francisco ever. It was like a fortress over there that you couldn't get through. Like I, re- I've been to, I, I remember going to San Francisco as many times as I went to LA as a kid, just never went mm-hmm. over there. And cause yeah. we had our own shit. And yeah. Um, I just feel like, you know, having, having that upbringing and the hustle has kind of prepared me for whatever. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's kind of funny that you say that because if you're not from the Bay, a lot of people would just think it's San Francisco and a lot of it, that's sort of like the saturated kind of a commercial Bay portion. Yeah. yeah. But then you hit, you hit the East Bay and it's like, it's a culture shock for a lot of people because it's just so diverse and you, and you can literally walk two blocks this way and you'll be in Chinatown and it'd be two blocks the other way. It'd be something completely different yep. or it may still be Chinatown, but just like a completely different vibe. So yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out for everybody that's from the East Coast. You're missing out if you don't come to the to come out to the East Bay or just no. But people know. But that's the funniest thing is like when I moved to Philly 
right from um, Oakland, it was it was very similar. And the people that had been to Oakland understood what I was talking about. And I think like when we talk about like, you know, my Nike experience and, and those boardrooms, it was really like, oh, wow, like I have this such a diverse experience that I didn't realize I had even at that stage where it's like you're around so many people, whether they, you know, live in San Francisco or just moved to the Bay in you know, the late 2000, 2000s, it's like, that's not, that's not where I came from. And it's not the diversity that I saw. So, mm -hmm. you know, having, having this uh, platform to be able to, to, to use what I grew up in, has been such an asset that I didn't even realize because, you know, every warrior it's like, Oh, you know, clay loves Oakland, you know, Steph loves Oakland. Draymond loves Oh, Katie loves Oakland. Like all the old, we believe guys, Matt Barnes, Baron Davis, like all these guys love Oakland and it's separate from San Francisco mm -hmm. and not taking away anything from San Francisco because like it's a bigger city and it just has different diversities, but it just wasn't, it wasn't this like, a different vibe underdog yeah it's like we just felt so unappreciative and like when you move to the east coast if as soon as you say you're from california people think la and then you say from the bay and then they think san francisco and you're like damn we can't even get to like where i'm <laughs> yeah. actually from so. yeah you know like i feel obligated myself and i know i've met a lot of people from oakland or from the east bay that feel so obligated to like represent, like I'm from here. This is where I'm from, like, you know, oh, I'm everywhere from you go. Yeah. There's like four or five places where I hear people just shout out all the time. It's like the Bay, Brooklyn, Philly, Detroit, like all of these places that are very similar in, in cultures. It's like, it's very like down to earth and like, you know, of the people and mm -hmm it's like a common bond across, especially in like sports and hip hop entertainment culture. It's like, Oh yeah. Going to Atlanta, like mm. it's kind of the same thing, you know? So the, the Bay is, is super talented and filled with super talented people. And I feel like even in like the hip hop industry and stuff, never really got the true respect that it deserved. I mean, more recently, you have, like, E-40, but he's been around, like, so long, and it took him so long to even get as much recognition as he is now. And there's just so many other artists from the Bay that just – from Oakland, from the from East Bay, that just never got that recognition, or he took so long to get it. Um, but, no, or you got to leave, and that's the thing. Okay. It's like yep. a lot of people have to leave, and it's just like how do you give back? And that's thing. That's something that I've kind of struggled with on like, man, like I, I represent the Bay pretty hard, and, you know, I rep it more than I'm there. And when I go back, it's weird because it's like, man, it's so different, you know? It's just, it's, it's just a different community, it feels like, a lot. And um. I'm always just trying to kind of find people in all the different places that I go. It's like, Oh, you, you know, you're from the Bay too. Like where, where'd you go to school? And you know, like you find them, they're everywhere. And it's just like, they're always rapid. So it's like, you wear your A's hat. Like I can walk down the street right now and someone will recognize it and we'll have a conversation about, you know, how they're an A's fan or whatnot. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's cool. It's like a, it's a fraternity. <laughs> 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Speaking speaking of that, and and how to get involved in like more in your community, like what what's one thing? Say if somebody comes across this video, gets to this to the fifty hour fifty minute mark, and wants to know the do's and the don'ts when it comes into getting into the fashion industry. What is what are some hardcore uh, advice that you can give to a young cat, to a young Dustin? What would what would this Dustin tell the young Dustin um, to 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 um, you know? to sort of help you out. My, 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 my biggest advice to myself, and this is what I tell even like my nephews or younger people that are trying to do anything is that the work starts when you don't want to do it. So there's a lot of things that came very natural to me, especially like in sports or in creativity, it just came natural. And I, if I didn't push myself, like if I didn't want go to, um, CCAC, uh, or work at, um, the companies that I work for and did a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to where I'm at. So I think part of it is kind of like, once you figure out how number one, how you learn, like what's the best way that you learn and kind of put yourself in a position to, envision what you want to do and reverse engineer it. And then it's like, uh, I, I could reverse engineer my career in my head right now. And it's just like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm here doing on everything on my own, but it took me packing two bags, two duffel bags and moving to Philadelphia with nowhere to, to sleep and having a job that was waiting for me on a Monday. And, you know, I kind of took that risk and that's what forced me to kind of learn all of those skills, but it gave me a foundation and then, you know, leaving there and going to other places and starting a company and then going to Nike, like all of those things helped me find my true happiness. So I would say, figure out how you learn, envision what you want to do, but don't be afraid to wander, wander around. Um, but really exhaust every opportunity you have, like hit up people like me or people that you see doing it and just ask them. And if they're real, you know, they'll, they'll tell you the real, but you know, a lot of people are just like, they don't, they, they don't really care about um, the processes as much as, as, as I do, because it's like, there's a lot of people doing even that work at Nike that, you know, skipped a lot of the processes and you can tell, at least from the work or, you know, the work ethic or the ability to be on their teams. So, you know, speak, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of true happiness, Dustin, uh, we have sort of a surprise I think for you and for our, mostly for our viewers. And so did you want to go ahead and hit up with some details real quick? Yeah. 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 So, you know, as a, as a small thank you uh, for our viewers, and for Dustin for coming back on the show and, you know, not just saying you guys screwed up and I'm out. We do appreciate that. <laughs> what I did is I, I ordered this, this oh. hat right here. And I'm, I must say, this is a nice hat. It's Corduroy nice Trophy Hunting. This is the brand we were talking about. This is Dustin's brand. And it's a hat, so it's adjustable because we wanted to get something that somebody could actually wear and would fit them. I want, we're going to give this hat away. 
All right, let me keep this on oh. screen because it deserves a little more camera time. So what we're going to do is the next person in the comments that comments and tells us, I want that hat, see their hat. Right, and this is just a small token of our appreciation for the viewers sticking with us, even though sometimes it gets a little bit rough. We're doing our best, trust me, we put a lot of energy and time and thought into this. It's not like we're just throwing this together. And also for Dustin for his time, small a small token of our appreciation. So first person that says, I want that hat, is yours. And we'll make sure we validate. Vote. Leslie, you are eliminated from the competition, Leslie. <laughs> look at look at that look at that nope, but I, there she goes she and this should be one of the first ones <laughs> all right so we'll we'll, we'll keep oh, uh dope. we'll keep an eye on that and so um, i must say there are a few pieces on there that are my favorite and I'm, i had to tell dustin since we got them on here there's these plaid basketball shorts man those are fire and then there's the rest uh rest in peace like to the roracle t-shirt that's oh, yeah. super clean those are a couple of my favorite favorite pieces on there. And then there's the, the ones with like the luggage on there. The, all of those are really fresh. All right. So we I just I'm looking at the comments. Someone said they want it. Leslie was the first one, but we're gonna give Leslie a, a different prize because she's the producer of the show. So it's kind <laughs> of unfair for her to claim it. But we got Marco Huerta says, I want the hat. We're gonna hook him up with the hat. And we want to just like really quick say appreciate you. Thank you for everyone commenting. So come carry oh, one says, you. I want the hat on D's head. He wants the A's hat. Oh I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, that, that is a great hat, I must say. Go A's. Um, so yeah, that's just a small token. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank definitely you. uh take care of you guys. I'll double down on that and uh send you guys a little care package too. Cause uh, oh, cool. I, I I do appreciate you know, the work that you guys are doing, you guys are on the ground, you know, making it happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I never, I never thought that I, you know, I'd be, I never envisioned this part of what I'm doing now. And I'm trying to do more of it and pay it forward. Um, because it's like, I, I have fun and I, I don't think a lot of people really enjoy, uh, the, the work that they do or how they spend their days. Um, as much as I do. So it's like, it's, it's something I try to spread, you know, I had a brother who got into design and, you know, was really kind of a product of me, you know, living my dream. So it's like, if, if he could do it and anyone could do it, because mm -hmm. it's really, it's really kind of seeing it in real life. And, you know, I came from the same places that everyone in the Bay came from and, went to a public high school and played sports and bought sneakers. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I've sat with Tinker, you know, it's, it's stuff that like people don't really, you know, Wow, I didn't know that up. part. You should have told us that at the beginning that you sat with Tinker and worked with Tinker. Cause man, that's, no, that's there's, so many, there's so many other people. And like, you know, he's like a legend at Nike, but there's so many other people. I work with so many people who are, so talented and skilled and you'll never, you'll never know them, you know, unless, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have opportunities and, you know, trophy hunting will definitely like showcase a lot of these people, but mm -hmm. there's a lot, of, there's a lot of talented out people out there. And it's like, whatever industry you want to work in, there's a job there that, you know, there's every job yeah. at Nike is not just design. So, you know, mm -hmm. you can work, 
as a IT person or shit, they got a cafeteria. So it's like right. literally yeah. could do anything. <laughs> you know, kind of piggyback off of that and like loving what you do and doing what you love for a living is like, that's crazy, right? But just growing up in Richmond, for those of you who are viewing who may not know, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the trenches sometimes, right? And so, mm -hmm. growing up, we had up, our bus yeah. robbed in high school every year, every single year yeah. at Richmond and JFK. Always, yeah, I don't, I don't, never leave anything know. in the bus. It wasn't, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Right? Nice. <laughs> but, you know, going to Kennedy, I will tell you that, in my opinion, the most talented basketball player that went to our school who was doing all cr kinds of crazy stuff during games, could do like through your leg dunks, catching alley-oops and everything, right? Yeah. He was the best player in in our school, right? And because life happens and whatever else, he didn't make it. Uh, unfortunately, he knows he's no longer with us. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of people. Like sometimes the most talented people, someone even more talented than Dustin is out there who may – have just chosen a couple of wrong decisions and end up going down the wrong path when maybe something like this can just light that, that fire in somebody to give them the inspiration to say, you know what? I can too. I can do it. And I feel like that uh, knowing that there's people out there that have done it, but that may have paved the way or just give you that little bit of hope to know it's possible. And I don't got to just do this one thing I don't have to you know uh, be a lawyer or a doctor there's plenty of other things that I like to do that I can do you know and just pursue it and so I think that's really to me what this particular episode is really all about and it's making sure that uh, people know that they, they can and that's what it's about and the whole uh, never stop dreaming title is about that and making sure that you know representation matters. Uh, and so like Dustin, someone from the Bay, someone from the East Bay, to be more exact, is here saying like, look, look. So those of you who are designers who are maybe grinding it out there, that want to do and get to where Dustin is at, keep going. And hopefully this was a reminder or at least some inspiration for you. Because for me, even though I'm not a designer, it's still like inspirational to me. Yeah, I think I think the the title of the episode was warranted. I think it exudes you know, your your passion exudes through your, through through the words, through through how you say things, Dustin. I feel it, man. You make me want to run through a through a brick wall. <laughs> I'm ready to go, you know. But <laughs> exactly. But with that being said, ironically, we're coming to the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the show, we like to give our shout outs. Um, but then we also do like to get more information about stuff that's going on moving forward. And someone usually has all those deets and some of the, you want to tell the people what we got going on this weekend? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jay. We have our monthly community cleanup. They are held every second, uh, Saturday. This one's going to be on the Eastern span of the Richmond Greenway, which is located across from the grocery outlet on San Pablo Avenue. If you follow moving forward, 510. You can get all the details there. Come on out. It's a community cleanup. This is a like basically a park greenway that we're going to be cleaning up so that people from the community can enjoy this space. Um, 
We know a lot of times it gets trashed and we want to make sure that especially now during this pandemic and COVID times that people have outdoor spaces that, can, that they can use that they actually want to use. You know, it's, it's hard to get inspired to go out if it's trash. So this is what we're doing to try and help, you know, help the cause. So come on out. And uh, those of you who do come out, 10 a.m., we have, we're going to have coffee and donuts. So you're going to get a little inspiration there, get you going. And of course, we're going to do a safely, safe social distancing, all that, wear your masks and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, hope, hope to see you there. All right. D1, do you have any shout outs that you want to say? Yeah, most definitely. Shout out to Leslie, because this is the, the Zoom went by without a hitch. It went by really clear. So you definitely killed it on that. Um, Dustin, for your time, for your words of, of wisdom and, and motivation. I know I personally identify a lot with what you said uh, when it comes to like, maybe people don't enjoy their nine to five jobs, but there's there's other aspects that bring you lots of joy and happiness. For me personally, I don't love my nine to five, right? But I do it because it pays the bills, but I'm so fortunate to have moving forward because that's something I love, you know, the same way. Exactly love graphic design it really shows that you can talk about it for days and the passion really shows and I think everyone in this team shares that same uh, bond and passion for it so I mean that was just nice to hear your words about that so definitely appreciate well, thank you mm -hmm. yeah and you're not you're you aren't your job you know it's like you, you you as a person isn't your job and I think that's that's the thing it's like it, it for me it ended up getting as close as possible, but you know, I'm still not my job. You know, I'm, 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 I have my, my interests and I, you know, I, I do this because I love it, but you know, it's, it's definitely taken a long time to figure out, you know, kind of what, what keeps me going. And it's great. I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. I hope people uh, hit me up anytime. Like if you want some real, feedback or information like I'm, I'm always open to kind of help so, you know it's, it's the pros so it's like there's no sugar coating that uh that, that you'll get from from this direction but I think that was the type of advice that I needed for uh, to hear when I was you know coming up making bad mm -hmm. decisions <laughs> Perfect. So we'll, we'll have your information, Dustin. Um, obviously, we shared it through our social media, but we'll have it in the description just in case someone, someone st stumbles across the, the episode and wants to know more about your your um, your life and, and possibly get that advice that you're offering. I want to give a shout out to Leslie. Thank you, Leslie, so much for holding it down in, in such short notice. You had to learn the, the Zoom process fairly quickly. And I also want to shout out uh, D Money's plants in the background. They're looking yeah. really prosperous. They're looking nice. <laughs> it's They're not even good. like an eighth of. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but Real you know, life. most most of all, I want to give a shout out to Dustin. Uh, Dustin, let's give you the, the spotlight, star of the night. Uh, any shout outs that you want to give out? You have a few fans over here, though. You have uh, Elena Gomez and Kerry Williams that seem to tune in that 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 tuned in to to watch you. Nice. Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out. Shout out to you guys. Like, I appreciate you guys having me on. Like, believe me, it wasn't a big deal to come back on. I'm glad we were able to kind of uh, regroup and 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 make it happen. So I'm here for the next one. I'm always I'm always doing good stuff uh, around. So 
you know, the more, the, the more I do, I'll let you know. And, you know, it'd be good to hear what you guys have going on too. When I get out to the Bay, definitely me in real life and get back yeah, to yeah. normal. Yeah. All right. So that concludes yeah. our episode for tonight. Y'all. Uh, once again, if you're new to the channel, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're rejoining us, thank you so much for your continued support. Leslie, um, let's see if we can get that outro going on. And uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.